everybody one two one two what's going on you're now in tune to another session of the syndicated worldwide fuse box radio broadcast with dj fusion and john judah since 1998 whether it's on your fm dial internet radio station podcast or website we're up in the mix bringing you a slice of what we call 21st century black radio to the masses a diverse mixture of old and new school music from all over the black diaspora hip-hop soul funk jazz reggae etc as well as news commentary interviews and all of that good stuff you got myself on the mix and commentary and dj fusion you got my brother on the side john judah doing the same what's going on there john judah yes indeed yes indeed we are wide world one love and much love to all fuse box radio just having a ball what's the deal with you fusion doing pretty good doing pretty good just um Relaxing as much as one possibly can. It's been hectic even for Diffuse Box Radio vibe as of late, but always happy to do the show to bring you three hours of musical and uh, mental stimulation, you know, foot tapping, thoughts popping, all that good stuff. And um, trying to stay warm. Um, Mom Nature is having a trip right now in the DC metro area. Had snow this past week, kind of cold, and. Um, April's right around the bend, so you know, I'm looking forward to putting away this winter coat personally, but that's just me. But it's all good, you know, can't complain too tough. I'm always happy for our listeners and our broadcast partners that give us um, the extra listeners that we currently have. Check out all of our wonderful broadcast partners at the syndicated Fusebox Radio link on our official blog, blackradioeffect.com. It's been a bit quiet on the post of BlackRadiosBack.com because there's going to be a big revamping happening in the next month or so in terms of content and stuff like that. So definitely stay tuned. But y'all know where they can always get the Fusebox Radio Show direct on the web. And um, let me see here. And also, as always, you can reach the Fusebox Radio broadcast weekly episodes on demand at any time via iTunes, Zoom, Flycast, or TuneIn Radio. And you can go to our podcast website directly if you so choose at Fusebox Radio, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O.podomatic.com. You can also go to the syndicated Fusebox Radio broadcast site at any time at FuseboxRadioOnline.com. And via the social networks, whether you're a Twitter head, a Facebook person, MySpace, YouTube, etc., all of our stuff ends with F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O, Fusebox Radio. So... You can touch base with us on those outlets at any time. We'll try to get back at you as soon as possible. The only thing we ask is to keep it respectable. And don't keep it respectable of us. We definitely want with you. That's just how it is. So, you know, we're grown here and, you know, nobody really has time for a whole bunch of nonsense. And um, that's how it is. And also for our music people, you can check out FuseboxRadioOnline.com or BlackRadioIsBack.com and find out how to submit um, music. For the show, independent or major label, it doesn't matter. We just ask that the content is clean in terms of being FCC friendly for our different affiliates. And of course, that it's dope. You know, this is not a living iPod. We're not playing stuff just because. That's not how the Fusebox Radio rolls. So, we got a quality control and full effect here. And for those who um, know how the Fusebox Radio was, we do have outlets that are tracked via Media Base and 
BDS and all of that good stuff, as well as, you know, sound exchange for my people who got their publishing tight. And, you know, ASCAP and BMI and stuff like that. I'm on a, some of our outlets do, you know, scandals plays. So, you got it together, right? And, you know, we can hopefully be a part of your, of your musical movement, as it were, in terms of making stuff happen. Besides, of course, getting to the most important people in the first place, which are the listeners. So, again, deeply appreciate all of y'all worldwide and internationally. Shout out to our writing affiliates over at Oh Hell Naw Blog and Planet Ill. Definitely appreciate them. And they have a lot of great content besides um, my random babblings on those sites as well, whether with Planet Ill with Indecent Exposure or with Oh Hell Naw Blog being part of their awesome music staff for the new music Tuesday music reviews. And um, once, honestly, some good mixtapes are dropping, mixtape Mondays. It's been kind of on hiatus for a minute because. You know, mixtapes, no offense, I've kind of sucked the past month, and I don't put all whack mixtapes on Mixtape Mondays. So, if you got a hot mixtape, hit up the Black Radio was back.com or Fusebox Radio website, let me know. And um, we can get that back in motion. I'm just not beat to write about whack stuff, sorry. It, it doesn't work. That's not the Fusebox Radio vibe or brand that people expect, so. Anyway, I know I'm rambling a little bit on the promo end, but just gotta get that done. Um, shout out to our people over at DC Fit Week and go to DCFitWeek.com. We were one of the sponsors of that um, great week of events for people's physical, mental, and financial health in the DC metro area. They still got a lot of um, great free trial coupons and discounts and stuff like that and all that type of thing and um, some good articles. So big ups to all of them. Um, that was pretty much why people were kind of incognito, as it were the past week running around those events and um the month of april man the fuse box radio is gonna be damn near everywhere i know um both judah and i are gonna be hitting up jersey at different times um i'm going to be at the national conference for media reform that um free press is holding shout out to the free press family they are you know we play our their media minute segments and stuff on the show and um, that should be an interesting event so bostonians if y'all are in the listening range, you know, at least let us know where there's something good to eat. I've never been to Boston. Uh, I have no idea what the hell is good up there. So, you know, I, I, I need more than cheers and, you know, accents you see in movies and stuff like that. So, let me know. Let me know where the Negroes are in Boston. No, but anyway. Well, actually, yeah, but no. But anyway. Um, let me see here. Going to be in Baltimore the weekend after for Startup Weekend. All my business-minded people might want to definitely check that out, startupweekend.org. And um, then in D.C. on the 23rd, the um, folks of Lipstick Revolt and D.C. Rap are going to be having an event in D.C. It's going to be over 12 hours of different female DJs, MCs, dancers, and all other types of good stuff um, performing and doing their thing. And it will be for free over at the um, Wonderland Ballroom. So, you know, I'm going to be getting the spin on over there. And um, there might be something at the end of the month, maybe. Don't know, but the fuse box radio will be in full effect somewhere, someplace, sometime. So, oh, damn. you know, people who are like, y'all ain't really been traveling lately. Yeah, well, April and what, maybe June are about to be a, a B, blink, 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 CH <laughs> on the travel end. So, <laughs> hopefully, because again, we're FCC regulated, I can't say the word, especially the way I would like to, but it's all good. But, um, yeah, we're going to be all over the place for the next few months. So if you're not in D.C. Metro or New Jersey Metro where you might peek us every once in a blue moon, 
um, we're, we're going to definitely be out there And it should be fun So shout out to everybody who we're getting involved with on those ends And um, Yeah if you want us um, to DJ at an event Or run our mouth at a panel Or um, Whatever else Hit up the Fusebox Radio online or BlackRadioBack.com Site and the contact information um, We'd be glad to try to see what's good And hopefully work something out And uh, make some awesome things happen And um, let me see here I think that's pretty much it on the Fusebox Radio end of promo and babbling and stuff like that. Um, let's see here. We got a lot of stuff going on on this week's show. We got brand new direct effects segment, brand new Black Agenda Report with Glenn Ford segment. Shout out to that entire crew. We got a new, <clears throat> excuse me, Black University Radio Network direct effects segment. Shout out to Lamar Blackman and all of them. And we also have an interview on this week's show with the author of Empire State of Mind, a book about um, Jay-Z's um, business moves as a hip-hop um, head. And um, it's a really interesting book, um, nice and short. Both um, myself and John Judah interviewed the author, um, Zach O'Malley Greenberg, um, who, due to the wonders of Twitter, actually reached out to us. About getting an interview on there Which is um, pretty sweet One of the reasons why that you know, Besides being kind of a tech dork of mine And I like stuff like that you know, I'm like if you can see me babbling And still want to get an interview on a radio show that, That's a thumbs up Because you kind of see where I stand real quick <laughs> On a whole bunch of business But um, yeah, Empire State of Mind is um, a rather good book It literally I think just dropped about a week ago At the bookstores and stuff like that And for my people who want to look at the hip hop entrepreneurial end of things Regardless of how you may feel about um, Jay Z's other moves um, As of late You know, dude has his business together And it's kind of fascinating in the book To see his early beginnings To where he's at right now And you know, people with clout From Fat Five Freddy To um, Clark Kent And a bunch of other people were directly interviewed for this book so it's, it's, you know, it's interesting on a business end and the music end And we get into um, some info on how, how the book was created and stuff like that um, With um, Zach So it um, should be fun Definitely give that a listen And of course you know the good mix of the old and new music And yeah I mean We got a lot of special interviews lined up for the next few weeks Kind of backlogged actually It's been a little crazy how Hermity assistant has been in the studio so definitely stay tuned for the wonderfulness on the radio show On the news and commentary And um, a few things Not too much off the top of my head right now um, First and foremost on the international front The um, scenario with Libya is really starting to me um, To look shady as hell It didn't ever necessarily look like it was the most stable type of thing and first and foremost, I'm not a Gaddafi apologist by any means, ways, or whatever else. But for this entire unilateral UN thing to all of a sudden go down in Libya where there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in Africa and above. And there's no UN people going over there to help people out. Talking about we need to fight for freedom and democracy and stuff. It does look a little bit hypocritical, if nothing else. And then, um, as a broadcast time, they were saying that their CIA, like the news, said their CIA agents over there with the rebels. The news um, said there's some um, CIA um, agents with the rebels. I saw it on CNN. That's not a surprise. Not surprising. I'm 
almost a little startled that it actually came out there because if nothing else on a PR level, that means the U.S. is already in deeper than they want to kind of try to say. Not like, oh, well, we're part of the U.N., so, you know, we're helping out as part of this U.N. mission that we're going to bounce. But you got CIA agents there, though. And the history of the CIA in this country, much less overseas, isn't really that sweet. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not for, oh, look at these rebel guys. They, they need some help. We're just going to help, help them out in a kind way, then bounce. You know? So... It's, it's 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 looking a bit shady um, from President Obama's camp. We'll only just see what happens as time goes by. Um, end of the day, um, as I always say with any of these um, conflict situations, and um, just mean I just hope not too many innocents get hurt in the crossfire, whatever the hell is going on. Because even through having multiple means of accessing media now, especially if you happen to be a little um, more on the net, um, yeah, things things are just looking a little bugged out, and, you know, mainstream news over here, at least in the States, I don't know how it is that my brothers and sisters overseas who are listening, um, the coverage is pretty garbagey, it's just like, oh, we're over here and that's it, no, no. And unless you maybe have access to like the BBC or Al Jazeera or something, whether it's on the net or by your cable network, you're not remotely getting any kind of um, straight up journalism. I'm not going to even say balanced. I'm just going to say straight up journalism. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of bugged out, but we'll, we'll see what's going on. I know there's quite a few people here who are violently against the um, situation in Libya. I know that um, even the Nation of Islam, um, Louis Farrakhan's going kind of hard about it. And like I said, I can't call Gaddafi a brother. I don't know the situation that tight. And, you know, I, I, like, like many world leaders, I, nobody can say this dude is the same. But to fight what you think is shadiness with extra shadiness doesn't make nobody look good. And um, that's just how I look no, no. at it. So, um, I just say something briefly that um, I, I definitely agree with Stephen on that last point because African Americans are hated by the world. So just because he's going through something that's similar, but you know, when a lose, you know, there's going to be people from you know from multiple camps that still hate us. So you know, we it's more or less of. Not necessarily a selfishness, but at the same time, keeping keeping in mind that this wasn't going on. There'd be people from that part of the world that still wasn't like African Americans. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things for me. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. It's it's just weird, man. It's it's just a very very weird situation that's in flux, and we'll just see what goes down. Um, let's see, next up, so we're on the topic of the U.S. intervention and all types of things, let's talk about what's going on over here in this country. Um, pretty much not a damn thing in regards to actually giving people some real jobs and a budget, which is supposedly what this big overthrow was supposed to be about in Congress um, a little while back with um, this new influx of Republican senators and Congress people and people on the state level and local levels. Um... There seems to be a lot more concentration in these legislatures lately on either women's uteruses or messing up education and or civil rights. I don't know what the hell they had to do with a budget. 
I'm no economist, but I don't think they had a damn thing to do with the budget. Which, by the way, the federal government, as a broadcast time, they still haven't made a budget for this year yet. There may actually be a government shutdown. That hasn't happened, um, I think, since the mid-90s here. No, no. I think around Clinton's time. So we're talking about over 15 or so years now. Like, people will bug out about NPR and stuff like that, but they won't balance a freaking budget that makes the entire nation run. Like, oh, states no. can't do a damn thing without a lot of that federal money. Most of their stuff is federally funded and based. And to see people who are supposed to be about helping out Americans as a whole, like, nitpick over dumb-ish, I had to um, censor myself, luckily, because I was close to not censoring myself. Um, it's it's foolish. Like people are screaming about NPR and Planned Parenthood and who should and shouldn't have an abortion, which, quite frankly, I think is a private matter more so than the state. That's why we had Roe versus Wade way back when in the first place. That's between that man and that woman, and they hire power they deal with. And secondly, I think all this stuff where people are trying to go at abortion, it ain't gonna stop people from having no damn abortions, and nobody's trying to advocate sex ed. So it's it's really backwards. And then for those who want to care about lives when they're born, you know, you're cutting out stuff like Head Start and other programs to help out kids. Or institutions that for people who might not have a whole lot of money to get care for those kids. Or by the way, we don't want them reading certain books now because it messes with our ideology. But that's real history, but we want our kids to innovate against the rest of the world. You know, like cats. Like I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like some people may say that people are evil. Some people may say they're deluded. Some people may just be doing everything possible just to be like, we don't like Negroes in the White House, so we're just going to be contrary about everything. I don't know. All I know is that it's it's really stupid and it's counterproductive and nobody's being helped. And all these people who you know maybe because they have certain fears of change and all of that are still trying to act like their 40s loons who are in office, they're going to get a rude awakening when, you know, stuff gets worse. Gas is already high as hell. Employment situations, you know, are rugged everywhere, but especially rugged in certain places. I was just talking to um, um, Sky over at Skyhook Radio. Shouts out to her and um, our Ohio fam over at um, Oh Hell Naw blog. And, you know, she was telling me how rough it is around that way. And, you know, this is a sister who has mad qualifications and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, she was like, people can't get gigs at the Walmart no more. Because it's that critical. You know what I'm saying? And you have situations where you're like, your state should be concentrating on stuff like that. Not taking away stuff from unions. And, and nitpicking on small stuff. But y'all can't get a budget together. You know, you got places like Detroit. That right now we're talking about having 50 to 60 kids in a classroom. At a time Which really isn't that conducive to learning Because they're talking about budget cuts And other type of stuff And closing down schools And it, it just goes on and on and on And I think just as a human being Much less as a member of the hip hop generation That's going to have to deal with Even more of the after effects of this crap In 15 to 20 years um, People need to really look at this and take it serious yo. It's, it's not a game it's not a game. Now, I'm sure most of us don't got no private school money or maybe can't afford to homeschool right now. Who knows? In terms of, you know, getting your, your kid right. 
And just seeing a system fall apart is some nonsense. And we got to do a lot of stuff from from talking to probably having to take it back to the streets again, quite frankly. Because the only reason why half of this nonsense is even happening is there's a bunch of people who aren't doing a damn thing. And, you know, power only reacts to power. And to even have to talk about stuff like this on the show, like with Siri, like there are people who are still on that birther nonsense with President Obama, talking about he he can't be president. He he has to be from like I don't know. I'm waiting for a cat to say that he's from Mars or some nonsense now because it's it's getting retarded. There's a black, a literally a literal African American in the White House. It's been over two and a half years. People need to deal with it. You need to deal with it. This is this is not a pod person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A dude who mad middle of the road who played your game is in the White House. Get over the fact that he has melanin. And his kids have melanin, his wife have melanin. They apparently seem to have more of a stable family life than some of these senators and congressmen who were talking all this crap in the first place and doing nothing. You know. That's just me. I mean, the Palin family has more stereotypical stuff on them than the Obama family does. And you're hearing this from somebody who's not really ideologically with uh, quite a few things that has happened lately. But when you have, like, people who are trying to run for 2012's um, presidential campaign from Donald Trump, who's just a blowhard anyway, on down trying to talk about, yeah, well, you know, we don't know where he's from. What's up with his birth certificate? You know, really? Is this the issue we have right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Gas in the past three weeks has gone about 50 freaking cents. At least where we are in Maryland. You know, at least where I am in Maryland, I should say, more so than anything. Like, I know from driving around and doing my daily commute every day, the gas was creeping up price-wise. And people are still trying to nitpick on that. Like, you know, I'm not saying that people got to be in love with Homeboy or nothing like that. But if you're, everybody's supposed to solve problems or try to solve problems by their own ideologies, solve some real freaking problems. You know, if you want to nitpick on that, nitpick on that when stuff is a little more calm here. You know, and honestly, you know, some of my famous and other hip hop heads need to be ashamed of themselves for not acting like they care either. You ain't going to have money forever, yo. You ain't gonna be shielded from stuff forever When you get treated back on the street Like you some regular cat You can't be like An injustice has been done to me then Because you weren't doing nothing before But um yeah That's my ramble Oh and um One more last thing Speaking of Donald Trump I thought it was hilarious This past week That he was talking all this stuff On The View and other places About Obama And trying to ride that birther wave I guess trying to get that particular audience For his nomination and he gets a document out where he's like, here's my birth certificate from New York. And it wasn't an authentic birth certificate. I thought that was cosmically hilarious. So I'm like, okay, so where are you from, sir? I mean, you know, your hair looks funny. We don't necessarily know if that's real freaking hair. But where, where are you from? Because apparently this is the, the routine that everybody had to go through to, to show their stuff. And you wanted to make a big deal and brag about it. And we're in the net age, so you know, people research like, well, you didn't go to this particular place, so that's not your authentic birth certificate, okay? But, you know, nobody's gonna say a rich white dude ain't from America. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But but this Negro is because he's just too damn bright to make it up there. He had he had to infiltrate somehow. 
waiting for somebody to say that Gaddafi planted him in, in a pod so he could become president. I mean, these cats are retarded right now. I honestly respect people more, like, stop using socialists and Islamists and all that, and if they just call them the N-word and call it a day, could they be honest? All this roundabout stuff make me sick. I'd rather just somebody be like, I hate that women have more rights now than they used to back in, back in the day when they lived in an idealized time. I hate that Negroes and Latinos and Asian people and other people got rights. I hate immigrants and I hate the fact that colored people and women know how to read more. Just say it. I I personally would feel better. I mean, I'm different than most of them. I I like to see the snake in its fangs so I can know what to do. Do what? But I don't know. We're, we're, we're getting ridiculous over here And nobody wants to cross the border You know If it gets too stupid But catch it retarded But I don't know Anyway Anyhow Anyhow So it's all dandy And fine And um Not too much pop culturally I can think of this week Not too many awesome albums Dropped this past week I already baked up Feral Monch's album last week Still a very good album um, still artistically creative and awesome. Um, I don't know if I mentioned Marsha Ambrosius' new, new album that dropped a little while ago. That's an awesome album too. Um, she actually yeah. did a she, she wrote Butterfly for Michael Jackson. Um, she had a nice cover yeah. of that on her album. Kind of had a nice little boom bap to it. A little surprised it's not a single yet, but I'm sure it will be um, in the future. And um, I don't know. One more quick note. Honestly, black people and people in general need to stop being so damn scary about everything. Cats are scared to put out their opinions about anything right now. You could be like, I like Rice Krispies more than Frog Flakes, and somebody be mad about that. Like, they about to have a headache about it. Like, Diddy likes Frog Flakes. Like, I don't give a beep if Diddy likes Frog Flakes. Can I have my own opinion, please? Damn. Cats is scary as hell over small business and then, then you know people wonder why this political craziness is going on right now you know like stop being so scary every song ain't hot every TV show isn't the flyest ever you know everything can't be excused with so and so is making money you know calm down just, just calm the hell down please I know that's been annoying me hard lately like, cats is getting irate and lost over nonsense, but maybe for this media system, is that the point? I don't know. I do not know. Whatever, whatever. Oh, lastly, I saw a dope documentary called Inside Job. Check it out. Um, it was the one that actually won the um, Academy Award this year. And um, besides, if you're a documentary person, if you want to really get a nice, succinct um, breakdown about how the Wall Street thing got jacked up, we saw the bailouts happen a few years ago. Watch that documentary. It deserved its award. Um, it's fast-paced. It's very forward. And if you want to see some uptight white dudes in suits get mad because their game got called out, watch Inside Job. Because some cats get real hot on their boy. It gets real hot. I almost had to give Sony um, Pictures Classic some credit for distributing that on such a big level. Because it's a very powerful piece of work And it's not, you know I know some people look at something They're like, it's too conspiratorialist or whatever, whatever 
it's you know it's on some just facts ma'am type of stuff and the facts are grimy and nasty so give it a watch it's entertaining besides um, having the educational and stuff also um on that and i peeped this this week or two check out black swan man natalie portman was a crazy broad in that movie and I'm not into ballet at all. I'm very anti-girly in that way. But ballet looked like wrestling in that movie. Because it was just that intense. And the storyline itself is good. So, you want to see a white chick go crazy? Watch Black Swan. <laughs> and see what's going down. But, um, yeah. That's my mini movie reviews for today. Yeah, that's about it, man. I'm ready to get into this music, ready to get into this interview with Zach O'Malley Greenberg and his fly book, Empire State of Mind, breaking down um, Jay-Z's business stuff, all of our segments, and yeah, ready to get some feet tapping right now. I've, I've been babbling too much at this moment. Hope everything gets warm by our next show, and that we're into real spring weather here in the eastern United States. And um, definitely stay tuned to us um, at this outlet and beyond. And hopefully, whether it's in Boston or Jers or B-more or D.C. the next few weeks, we get to see some of you listeners live and in full effect. We're cool people. You know, we're friendly. Come respectful. We come respectful back. And, um, yeah, you know, people can chop it up, talk, have a good time. Um, it's all dandy. And it's always nice to um, check out listeners at the show in full effect. Or people off of the internet, right? Because... As people know, I'm on the Facebook and Twitter relatively often. And it's kind of nice to be like, hey, that's not your picture. There's a real person here. So, I like seeing people. That's, that's just how it is. And I do like seeing people. And, you know, we're cool folks. You know what I'm saying? We don't look crazy. You know, most of the time we aren't crazy in a detrimental way. You might be a little energetic sometimes. But, um, I, I can't front on that end. But, yeah, it's all good. So, um... Again, people in Boston, National Conference for Media Reform, we all happen to be around that way. Um, you can go to freepress.net and they have a logo for it if you want to check out their information. I think they're still taking the last round of registrations at the broadcast time. Um, it'll be awesome to see you. You know, um, Paul Porter, who we interviewed a few weeks ago of Industry Years, is going to be in full effect over there. Um, Damie D is going to be over there. And a whole bunch of other good folks. And if you want to know what's going on with this media thing, and maybe why it's so jacked up. It, it's a good event, and uh, we'll be um, tweeting from there live and videotaping and stuff like that. So we'll have some um, footage from that, and um, it, it, it'll be deep. It'll be deep. It, it ain't gonna be too academic or, or crazy or anything like that. You know, we don't like making people go to sleep on that type of stuff. So, but yeah, man, got a lot of good new music, a lot of good old school joints. John Judah got the. Still set up behind me, ready to go on his set. And y'all know how we do. Black Radio continuing at its finest tradition here in 21st century. This is the Syndicated Fusebox radio broadcast. DJ Fusion and John Judah. Alright, alright. Peace. You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. I write bars for rehearsal, but first chill, I got a little story to tell ya. How I almost caught a bad one. I went to the list of 2001 stupid things to do. I had crew when they stepped at a party, hardly even known. I own a Smith and Wesson, but it's resting at home. 
Legendary DJ Marley Mar, you're on the fuse box, you know how we get down. Roots, reality, and culture. Yeah, the whole world are called for. No long time we have it in Jamaica, but some guy lined it like treasure. Anyway, this club of my bone together, where them said them want? Where them said them want? Roots. 
reality or culture. Long time we have it, but the world does a hearts of it. Roots, reality and culture. It is up to us to educate all the youngsters. Amen, so let it be heavenly father. Rule heaven and earth to rule it entire. But truths and right every man should desire. The way how the poor live we admire. We defend the poor rights, we now retire. Family color now go me no people are suffer. All them are work poor people no see better. Poor people work while the rich are get richer. Economic get a blow, so them the value we dollar. Every day we get up cars a living get higher. Them raise up the rice, chicken back and the flour. God a guide me every minute, every hour. So roads, reality, our culture. Long time we have it, but the world us acts of it. Roads, reality and culture. No things we talk where we see in the future. Block man a time for no all thing proper. Stop fight for PMP and stop fight for the labor. Pull on the fist so no fit take down the finger. Stop bark the lead do no fit stop fire the copper. Stop shoot down your black sister and your black brother. A time for we vote for the almighty father. You mark guide me every minute every hour. Upon the darkest road and through the darkest tower. Enough time me hungry and drink some water. Go to me bed and me said for me prayer. And give thanks and praise in me life every hour so. Roads, reality, our culture. Long time we have it at the world, just a cry for faith. Roads, reality, and culture. It is up to us to educate all the youngsters. Mankind stop live like some beast and some preacher. Every day you no know, get up a chat, boy, you a gangster. And we get mob, you a original mobster. Kill Malcolm X and them kill Martin Luther. Kill Bob Marley and them kill Jacob Miller. Them kill Peter Touch, free a young kill doctor. One solution is the Almighty Father. Every day them get up a fight for world power. Make them missile and a plan when for fire. When them wreck earth, them make rocket for leave ya. Them and them wife, them son and them daughter. That now go working at the sight of the father. Hit them with lightning, brimstone and fire. Show us a free earthquake and volcano. No for them no believe in a God the creator. So, roads, reality and culture. Long time we have it, who no should have come out of it. Roads, reality and culture. It is up to us to educate all the youngsters. Amen, so let it be heavenly father. Rule heaven and earth, you rule it entire. But truth and right, every man should desire. The way only poor live, me I admire. We defend the poor rights, we now retire. Family color, now go me no people are suffer. All them are work, poor people, no see better. The poor people work while the rich are get richer. Economy get up low, said them the value we dollar. Every day we get up, cars are living get higher. Them raise up the rice, chicken back on the flower. God guide we every minute, every hour. Upon the darkest road and through the darkest tower. Enough time me hungry and drink some water. Go to me bed and me say, feel me prayer. And give thanks and praise to me life every hour. One solution is the almighty father. But... Now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. Man. We the man with the medicine. We just 
trying to know what kind of state your head is in. We might have to change it from the state that you met us in. All we ask is trust, we just hoping you let us in. We know that life can be a little menacing. Baby, it's all love, with or without a tennis swing. Horror racket like a Serena and venison. So why the beef? You ain't in need of no venison. Nah, the only static is she wants the DJ. The vibe's so ill, you like on the replay. We get it in from the Gold Coast to EA. Mogadishu back to the Bronx and BK. Brook on calling out the M. And if it's you will not be needing that medicine. Cabinet, this won't be your usual prescription. Gotta be an orthodox when you're the doctor for the human condition. Oh, hell to the ARM. You're now dealing with some African medicine men. To other soulful folks and women and men. We welcome you to the world of medicine men. Hey, hey, medicine men, medicine men, medicine men, medicine men, medicine men, medicine men, medicine men. I got a soul medicine More better than sun rays Kissing my melanin Always in my element Even when I'm hella bent So funkadelic Judge clean in the parliament So pharmaceutical No Advil or Tylenol Bullheaded matter though Tell me you ain't mad at all Me I'm really ever tongue-tied Moonwalk so much If we just say I backslide But I'm just on the high Never ever shuck a job Do you want static? We can take it outside Spoonful of herbs I serve for you black nerves Good for the spine For the mind To calm your nerves So lay lady lay Let me see Step into my crystal ball, glimpse into your future. Choose your voodoo, ain't too much difference. Medicine, many humans with an ink. All hell to the ARM. You're now dealing with some African medicine men. To all the soulful folks, the women and men. We welcome you to the world of medicine men. Hey, hey, medicine men, medicine men, medicine men, medicine men, medicine men, medicine men, medicine men. MC Light, you're checking out the Fuse Box, bringing the best of hip-hop and R&B from all over. The hottest, DJ Fusion.
Hey, this is DJ Logic. You're now listening to the Fuse Box, bringing the best of hip hop and soul music, news and commentary from all over. The corporate news media greeted new census data detailing the drastic and general decline of black populations in center cities, as if the phenomenon were somehow a vindication of the American dream, a cause for celebration. The dramatic increase in the movement of African Americans back to the South, which actually began decades ago, is held up as proof positive that America's racial conflicts will soon be a thing of the past. Newsrooms seem filled with jubilation that the nation's cities will soon be liberated from two generations of concentrated black presence. Underlying the upbeat news coverage is the assumption that a diffusion of blacks is, by definition, a good thing for the nation as a whole and for black people themselves. It also assumes, against all relevant evidence, that this mass movement of black people from New York City, Chicago, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Detroit, Oakland, and so many other cities is totally voluntary that economic push-out has played no major role in emptying the cities of blacks and sending hundreds of thousands down to Dixie. It is an absurd assumption by journalists whose elation at the black exodus compels them to ignore gentrification as one of the main factors. People who are priced out of the cities by gentrification cannot be considered voluntary migrants. Gentrification has become an overarching fact of black urban existence, making life less tenable every day, especially in New York. It is no wonder that 17% of blacks that relocated to the South in the past decade were New Yorkers, far more than from any other state. When gentrification places the monthly rent hopelessly out of reach, there is no choice but to leave. And why not South? where it's cheaper, and there are so many people who look like you, some of whom are related. Those who would characterize the black southward movement as overwhelmingly voluntary and non-economic speculate that folks are going south to be near family. But family has always been there. Why the big rush to join them now? There is literally no statistical basis in U.S. Census data to conclude that the urge to strengthen family ties is an important factor in reverse black migration. But white corporate media and the types of black folks that work for it have no problem substituting their own favorite scenarios for real data and real facts. Black movement from inner cities to the suburbs is also intertwined with gentrification. It is not only the poor who are pushed out, but also better-off families and singles for whom city life is no longer viable. But all suburbs are not alike. Study after study shows that blacks more often wind up just outside the borders of the central city in older suburbs, many of which have the characteristics of inner-city ghettos without the conveniences and urban amenities. Such suburbs hug the edges of Washington, Chicago, and Detroit. Other suburbs may appear to be racially integrated today, but that is only a snapshot in time. These places will be much blacker or browner tomorrow because of white flight, the root source of segregation in America. 
whites are also in flight from the truth that the deeply racial dynamic of gentrification is forcing many black folks to cheaper suburbs and the lower cost south, including many blacks that claim the move is strictly voluntary. For Black Agenda Radio, I'm Glenn Ford. On the web, go to www.blackagendareport.com. Radio broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. <laughs> You're as good as they say you are. Syndicated worldwide to bring real black radio back to the masses. I make it feel so good, you don't need to wonder. Let my people go. I take away the storm cloud, the rain, the thunder. Let my people go. Somebody say it. Let my people go. Somebody say it. Let my people go. Spit miraculously, sit back in this blood. Exists for centuries. The body chemistry, men's wounds, seals, injuries. My ministry leaves the industry in a tailspin. I push the envelope like U.S. mailmen. We need a leader who is not mischievous, devious from Satan's grip to lead us. Won't retract the facts and act facetious. In fact, the rats are packed with facts to teach us. Reach us, easily leave him, see speechless. Read from the palm of the non-believers. Son of they wondering how they become underachievers. One of the best, a perennial keynote speaker. And I got it, you want it. Come get it, I'll flaunt it and I will show you a way to let my people go today. Try to get over, slow to get under. Let my people go. I make it feel so good, you don't need to wonder. Let my people go. Uh, I take away the storm cloud, the rain, the thunder. I, let I, my people go. Somebody say Let my people go. Somebody say Let my people go. They're trying to sell lies to the people, huh? Knowing it's hard times for the people, huh? I knock your ass unconscious, put it up on YouTube, then film a sequel so it's free for the people, huh? Go ahead and download it, I'ma teach you how. Be as a prophet, a pastor, a preacher with undisputable logic for blasting through your speaker now. I'm trying to learn your monk ass, I'm trying to reach you now. Still you're like, who's this dude? Return to fix shape the game like Rubik's Cube. Chick seems brolic now, ruthless too. Spit the gospel on wax, what he chooses to do. Damn, open your eyes, man, you've been bamboozled by the usual plans. Hit up the middle like stand usual. If y'all are telling me today's music is suitable and appealing, and I'm telling you the feelings are not mutual. So how to get Give me all of my dough And if you're wondering what's 
I'm too low. I'm too low. I make you feel so good, you don't need to wonder. Let my, let my, let my people. You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. From move around the global, still touched by the same sun, channeling the healing energy, connections to symmetry. Don't force us to bring change to the same thing tremendously. Endlessly, we search for love and peace, only to meet the obstacles dropped through by the beast. You could never ever cease what's meant to be. Eventually, as my shine for centuries, blended with the future beats. to Media Minutes. I'm Stevie Converse. And I'm Candace Clement. And I'm Megan Tatey.
AT&T has made a surprising deal to acquire T-Mobile for $39 billion. AT&T CEO Randall Stevenson brushed off notions of creating a duopoly, saying the industry will continue to be a fiercely competitive market. But many analysts say the combination of the second and fourth largest wireless providers in the United States would further consolidate a market already ravaged by mergers. And consolidation is usually bad news for consumers. Matt Wood is Associate Director of Media Access Project, a nonprofit public interest law firm. We've kind of seen a relatively steady slide towards fewer and fewer competitors over the last decade. You look at these annual reports that the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, does about the state of competition in the wireless market. And they used to be able to say there are at least seven nationwide competitors, and then it's six, and then it's five. You know, people like when, when Sprint acquired Nextel, and that took out a whole competitor. If AT&T devours T-Mobile, we'll be down to three national competitors, AT&T, Verizon, and Sprint. AT&T and Verizon will control 80% of the wireless market. Is that market competitive enough to keep prices low and service choices abundant? Wood says no. There is some competition in some markets, but they are able to look at each other and not really compete on price terms, not really compete on service conditions and on things like early termination fees or text message pricing or any number of other places in which they take a little bit more out of your pocket. Because T-Mobile doesn't have access to the iPhone or other popular devices, it uses creative pricing to attract customers and keep market prices from skyrocketing. The loss of that sort of competitive pricing carrier, that will be a big loss and that will take away what we see as a natural restriction on AT&T and Verizon's ability to jack their prices up. AT&T Stevenson also touted the deal for creating efficiencies that will save money as the two companies share assets. Efficiencies are often talked about in merger proposals to shareholders and what efficiencies mean to us is job losses and cutting back on the investment on the workforce that these companies need to employ in order to provide service. So this is not a job creator. For more information, go to mediaaccess.org. community media projects faring with the digital transition? Are community media centers using open source technologies to produce local news and entertainment? How can local collaborations create a vibrant community media center? These questions will all be addressed during a panel discussion at the National Conference for Media Reform in Boston, April 8th through 10th. The conference is bringing together thousands of people who want to change our media system. More community media is high on the list. This panel will feature the pioneering work of community media projects that are responding to the challenge of the digital transition. Panelist Martha Fuentes-Bautista is Assistant Professor of Communication and Public Policy at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Right now we are working on how to bring community into the media, and I think that this is the future of media localism and diversity. Hundreds of other speakers will address a wide range of issues, from the intersections of social justice and the media to protecting free speech online. Fuentes Bautista says the conference has a dramatic impact on the movement to create better media. I think 
think I have attended every national conference, made every forum since 2003, and every time I have participated in one of them, I see the discussion on these issues advancing, and, and we have found really new ground to rethink media policy. As Fuentes Bautista prepares for her own panel, she said she's also gearing up for the energy the conference builds. What is fascinates me about this conference is that actually bring together activists, media makers, academic policymakers in a way that is unique. Uh, let's see how much we can do. The National Conference for Media Reform is April 8th through 10th at the Boston Seaport. To check out Fuentes Bautista's panel, the entire program, and register for the event, visit freepress.net. You've been listening to Media Minutes, a production of Free Press, a national nonpartisan organization working to reform the media. For more information, visit freepress.net. I think I'm just going to be chill today. Can I clear my brain? None of my homies killed today. Can't think about pain. Light up one of them cigarettes, which helps me maintain. Sip a little bit of Hennessy to get the bad memories. Mama used to smoke, used to talk from the easy water. I was still alive as I would hope she would quit. Used to ask my mama when my daddy died, what he died of age was the new craze. I didn't quite get what she meant. An adolescent living inside apartment after apartment. The landlords fighting for the rent. Five percenters on park bench would preach pure African pride. Skin brownish but blacker insides. I mean, my soul was a black hole. My goal was to not cold, be unforgettable. Better with those with the private education. My high school off accreditation Elevating souls to heaven's gates And I started puffing, chasing The green with E and J and I cracked the pack of Newports And the track and ball courts Started pacing, homie told me I should quit smoking I took a pull and told him quit joking I'm stressed, stressed, stressed. I think I'm just gonna be chill today Cannot clear my brain None of my homies killed today Can't think about Hey yo, I'll probably smoke more with right. this Snoop Dogg. I spent a whole lot of loot, y'all. Just sitting on the stoop, y'all. I'm on one five four five with my yo. Me, Smooth, Boobang, Big Jack, and Brimmer. The word kept us calm. We used to play the block and get high. With Prospect had the chocolate tie. We started drinking St. Ives and they had us doing stupid shit. You know, knockout contests beating. Bricks. Who the fuck you gon' blame? Back then it was fun, charging to the game. But back then we was young, and baby man, shout for real. You get caught up in the mix like. Lay him down with the fifth, stretch him out on the strip. It's just the life of a G boy. Had to stop smoking because I started getting paranoid. All this going on around me, I couldn't see a nigga whisper. I start to think he talking about me. Uh, cause here in New York, life's too short. And I'm stressed out, so I just get a pack of new ports. Cause the word was fun when it yeah. was young, but it's not fun no more. Homie, you know, getting old, so I just walk the stove. I think so. I'm just gonna be chill today. Cannot clear my brain. None of my homies killed today. Can't think about pain. Light up one of them cigarettes, which helps me maintain. Sip a little bit of Hennessy to get the bad memories. Wifey about to leave, I deceive, I'm a fucking liar, she couldn't believe she married the piece of shit. 
She carried my seed nine months in the cipher. Digging in my jeans, find a number from a bitch. I know I shouldn't call you a hoe, but shit. Like I said, I ain't shit. Trying to be your pimp like Ice T and Easy. See me walking with a limp, quick to screen obscenities, grabbing my. My habits would switch on the corner racks, would spit the rats for home. I was Coco with the big ears and nass. Popo would roll through the hood with the sirens and the. Damn, now a mother crying, wipe the tears from my eyes and pray. No more dying, summers get cold, but then winter temperatures rising. The Surgeon General say it's best if I quit smoking. I roll my eyes, tell them quit joking, I'm stressed. There's no other thing that makes me feel at home than Lucy. Always there for me when I was all alone. Lucy, you was down when I was hustling. This is Milk D. Right now, you're listening to the Fuse Box Radio with DJ Fusion. I get money. Hey, hey, hey. Wow. Sister Kalonja alongside Antonio Red Rose. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, girl, your lonely days are all over. I'm Mr. Right and I made no pushover. Girl, I wanna be your number one lover. Between the sheets or under the cover Girl, your lonely days are all over I'm Mr. Right and I make no pushover Girl, I wanna be your number one lover Between the sheets or under the cover Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me I'm the right thing for you Tell me I'm the right thing for you Girl, I won't like to watch you Girl, I won't like to watch So emotional Boy. I wanna get up close and personal Boy. Hey girl, I love the way your body design Girl, you're one of a kind Won't you forever be mine, mine, mine She want a man to put the love in her heart Make she welcome for table and him daddy from start she want a man to occupy her place, her space, and put that pretty smile on her face. She want a man to give her squeeze and hug. Miguel of the night, him a full of up love. She want a man to surround her, yes, and put away her loneliness. Me have the right thing for you. Girl, I got the right thing for you. Girl, I whole night I want you.
everybody one two one two what's going on you're now in tune to the syndicated worldwide fuse box radio broadcast with dj fusion and john judah since 1998 whether it's on your fm dial internet radio station podcast or website we're up in the mix bringing you a slice what we call 21st century black radio a mix of old and new school music along with news commentary and interviews and y'all know how we do with our interviews we don't interview slackers or people who aren't you know doing something that's important whether it's on the written and musically in the community, etc. And everybody who's been listening to this radio show for the past 13 years knows that I am a bookworm. I, I dig my reading. I'm kind of a geek on that level. But I'm really into books that impart information more so than fiction and stuff like that. And when I ran into this interview opportunity via Twitter, ironically, um, I just had to hop on it and um, get things going. There's a new book that literally just dropped this week called Empire State of Mind, how Jay-Z went from the street corner to the corner office. And we have the author of that book on the line, Mr. Zach O'Malley Greenberg. Had to be the long name and stuff there. I don't know if we can just call you Zach or... For sure, for sure. Thanks so much for having me on. No problem. Thanks for um, being down with us. And... Um, for people who may not know your history, I'll do a brief synopsis. Um, you write a lot for Forbes and a lot of music um, categories, and particularly, you know, things skewed towards the hip hop generation and um, things of that nature. Now, what inspired you to write this book? Uh, well, it was actually an email that I got from um, the editors at uh, Penguin Portfolio, my publisher. Um, I was just sitting at home sick one afternoon. Uh, I had a fever. It was July. It was terrible. And uh, I saw this email, and it said something like, you know, book project opportunity. And I thought, man, that sounds like uh, some kind of spam. But I opened it anyway, and, and sure enough, it was um, an offer to uh, write a book about Jay-Z. Well, there, there were a few more steps before it finally got to the point where it was finalized, but um, you know, that, that was kind of how it all, how it all came about, and uh, certainly not an opportunity that I would want to decline. All right, no doubt, no doubt. Now, going through your book, you went through some travels getting some information um, about Jay-Z on both the personal end and the business end. But how long did it take for you to get all of this stuff together? I mean, we see stuff from Fat Five Freddy to Jazzo, um, you know, just plenty of people in there along with, I guess, all the research material and stuff you had to gather up. Yeah, uh, you know, it took me the better part of a year um, between, you know, researching and writing and editing and... Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it felt um, it felt like it went by pretty quickly. Uh, my travels took me from Harlem to Brooklyn to California to France to Germany, um, all all uh, kind of tracking down details on you know some of Jay-Z's business interests and uh, you know just trying to learn more about the man. All right, no doubt. And then people who definitely read this book and see that you put in your work, I mean, there's a story about you meeting those DJ Clark Kick over at Applebee's. 
said Y'all said imagine yeah. uh, Middle of winter, I remember it was like uh, just like one of those terribly cold days when we were sitting inside in a better booth um, on Flatbush Avenue and uh, we, I think we we knocked back a couple margaritas and he told me the whole story, you know, two, we said there for two or three hours and he told me um, everything about how he first discovered Jay-Z and introduced Jay-Z and uh, Damon Dash and also how he kind of arranged uh, the meeting of Jay-Z and Biggie to record Brooklyn's Finest, which was just kind of a roundabout way of uh, getting things done, but it worked out really well. Um, you know, so that, that was one of my favorite interviews of the, of the whole book. Uh, that's definitely one of my favorite sections as well, especially for my people who are more on the music and the um, entire situation with Brooklyn's Finest. It wasn't exactly the organic meetup people would have thought it was going to be. Um, especially learning that Dame Dad didn't necessarily want Brooklyn's Finest to even be recorded with Big. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, you know, the the way it went down was uh, Biggie was in the studio with Clark Kent uh, finishing up a, a session and um, Clark Kent was just kind of messing around with some beats that he had. He kept them on, uh, on a tape player, I think, or, or something. Um, and he accidentally uh, forwarded ahead to a song that he was, uh, to a track that he was saving for Jay-Z. And um, I think he said, oh man, you know, what's, what's that song? Uh, you know, uh, it sounds awesome. I, you know, I want to be on it. And, and Clark Kent said, no, 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 I'm saving it for Jay-Z. And at this point, you know, Jay-Z hadn't even put out his first album yet. And, you know, and Biggie was, um, was huge. And so, uh, so Biggie said, well, you know, why, why are you doing that? You know, why, uh, what's so good about this guy? And, and Clark Kent said, no, 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 you don't understand. This guy is amazing. <laughs> he said this to Biggie. Um, and, um, and, and so Clark says, well, you know, what if we put both of you together on the song? And, and Biggie says, okay. And so the next time um, Clark Kent went to the studio with Jay-Z, um, he went over there with Biggie, but Biggie stayed in the car. And Clark Kent went up, uh, and they started, you know, recording and whatever. And um, and then when they got time to uh, finish up with um, uh, Brooklyn's Finest, um, Clark Kent said, well, you know, what would you guys think if we uh, if we brought in Biggie, and, you know, and and, uh, and had him um, do a verse on here, and and Damon Dash basically said, you know, I don't want to pay him, and I don't want to pay Puffy, and you know, and I don't want any part of it, <laughs> and uh, and Clark Kent said, well, what if we could get him to do it for free, and they were like, okay, fine, whatever. So Clark Kent excuses himself to go to the bathroom instead runs downstairs gets Biggie out of the car brings him upstairs and says you know kind of ta-da <laughs> and um and uh, that was how the introduction was made so um Jay-Z uh and, and Biggie talked and Jay-Z decided that he was on board and he, and he went back into the booth and he re-recorded his verses leaving spaces for Biggie to insert his and then they played it back for Biggie and Biggie said Oh man, you know I have to I have to go home and um, and really think about this. You know before I cause this is some seriously good stuff, and you know I want to make sure that that my response is uh, is equally good. So Biggie went home and thought about it, and then he came back in um, and laid his verses, and uh, and that's the song that that you hear today. But before they left, they said um, uh, uh, Clark Kent said, w "What about a chorus?" and they said, "Scratch something," and then they walked out, and so. Clark Kent uh, came up with this with the hook that you hear in the song today. Uh, so, so you got a lot of little stories like that in the mix, which you know, again, for my people who are straight up music heads, is you know definitely dope. And some things it's nice to see 
almost rebrought back from that period of time. I think a lot of us were reading Buy Magazine and Source and stuff like that for hip-hop and still being able to discover little stories like that in the mix that make things exciting. Now, one of the things that I think for people, regardless of how they feel about Jay-Z's music, is they know he is a supreme businessman. And to a degree, probably has one of the most enviable positions right now in terms of his synergy with the music and um, all the exercise business and things that he's into. Now, with that, there's a really nice breakdown in terms of the very beginning from when he first started, you know, hustling in Brooklyn to the position that he's at now, including the time frame he was at Death Jam, the Rockefeller era, and um, I guess even that super beginning Rockefeller era before they actually got their distro deal and things via Death Jam. Now, one of the aspects I definitely received from your book is Jay-Z is a big money man and sometimes people look like they get a little sacrifice for him to get that money um, there's a lot of conflict from some people in this book in terms of how they see Jay-Z's rise from your personal opinion how do you see it on a business level um, I mean on a business level you know I think uh, you can't really um, take you know, place too much blame on him for anything he did. You know, he really always followed the money, um, and, and, and not just where it was, but you know where it was going to be. Um, you know, and he always in, uh, identified mentors and learned everything he could from them. But um, you know, in the end, he, a lot of them uh, he just kind of cast aside uh, when he, when they had sort of you know outlived um, their usefulness to him. Um, and you know you could say that about uh, that's maybe what happened with Damon Dash and Jazz Owen, some of these guys who really uh, taught him a lot of what he knows. Um, you know, so from a business perspective, you know he, he cut them out, and you know from the, the most cold-hearted um, sort of just straight business perspective, you know, in terms of keeping the most money, maybe you know maybe that was a good idea. But um, you know, from a, from a personal standpoint, uh, you know, I think I think that it's it's a lot different and. Um, you know, I think it's easier to judge that uh, more harshly. Um, and there's definitely some information about that in here that's, ooh, it's kind of crazy and all that. But I know the book tackles more the business, and um, let's um, talk a little bit about that. And one of the things I think Jay-Z has been really successful in is being able to meld his own cred or brand into just about everything he does. And uh, one of the great stories that's in your book is about the... Um, Rooker Park scenario when he had on Team S. Carter and he was promoting the shoe and all the things over at that time including the Black Album and while on the business and it looked like everything went great I kind of found it interesting that on a personal level he was kind of hurt because he didn't win the Rooker tournament with his team like on a business level you're like yo you killed it you had New York sweating all the stuff that you were dropping but on this one level you're like I, I didn't win all the way, and that seems like what's going to be the heart of Jay Z and Chip in general is that he's just very driven. Yeah, that's right, and you know, it's uh, it's like he says in the song, "I will not lose ever." But you know, I, I think a lot of it with Jay Z is it's not just um, about winning; it's about not losing. You know, it seems that he's it's not you know, "I will always win." It's "I will not lose ever." You know, he's just I think he's uh, he, you know, like all of us are. I think he's afraid of defeat. Um, and, you know, and the reason why the Rucker Park thing didn't work out, um, you know, it really wasn't his fault. The blackout happened um, the night of the final game was supposed to be played, and, you know, and, and then Jay Z ended up having to make a choice between, you know, do I stay um, for the rescheduled game 
um, you know, and, and sort of uh, get all my ringers to come in. They had LeBron was going to play, and Shaquille O'Neal was in town to play. They already had Tracy McGrady, Sebastian Telfair, Jamal Crawford, some other guys. Um, but, you know, Jay-Z was the one who was going to make the phone calls to make all of that happen again. Um, and, you know, and on the other hand, he had a, a vacation to the south of France with Beyonce scheduled um, the day after, you know, the, the game that was supposed to be played that was delayed by the blackout. So he was faced with this choice, uh, you know, do I do I show up and, and make this happen or do I go to the south of France and, and hang out with Beyonce? I mean, I think I would have chosen the latter, but, um, you know, that, that's what he ended up cho- cho- choosing. And, uh, you know, I think what's really interesting is that when he came back, he, he put the kibosh on this um, documentary that Fab by Freddy had been filming about the, the Record Park run that was really going to be you know, a feature-length film, and um, you know, Fab had plans to have it run the festivals and such, and um, you know, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, he, didn't want it, he didn't want it up there because he just didn't want to be seen as anything other than totally victorious. Um, even though probably a lot of people couldn't have blamed him for what he eventually decided to do. So, you know, um, I think I think it really says a lot about uh, his desire to win and his desire to be perceived a certain way. Um, and, you know, and in the end, um, I think a lot of people don't know about a lot of his failures. And, and maybe, you know, maybe... I think that's something that's important, though, to know that people who are successful have their share of failures. And uh, there are a few of them in the book. Yes, that's um, definitely true as well, and one of them, which I kind of personally feel was a mixed bag, was his tenure as a predator of Death Jam. He definitely had some people he signed who, you know, they made their head and they're still doing their thing, but, ooh, there's a lot of conflict with Death Jam. <laughs> there was a lot of conflict during the time zone. Right. Um, in your personal opinion, where do you think things went wrong when he um, became predator of Death Jam? I mean, I think that, you know, when he went in there, I think he, it was part of this um, kind of personal rebranding thing. Like, you know, he was going to ride off into the sunset um, and then kind of retire from the rap scene and, uh, you know, and, and come back as a businessman. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that um, he thought it would be a nice, uh, a nice line on his resume and, you know, give him some more credit in the corporate world. Um but then, you know, when he, when he got there, uh, he discovered that the place was, you know, sort of maybe not what he was expecting. It was just a lot of um, people who were who had been there for 20 years because, you know, they signed some band in the 80s, and, uh, you know, he, he felt like it was a very um, sort of uh, uh, atrophying cor- corporate culture, and um, I think he, he felt really restricted. Um, and he wasn't able to make the kind of moves that he wanted to, have the kind of freedom that he wanted to. And so, um, you know, I think he was restless. Uh, and by the end of it, um, you know, I don't think it was much of a surprise that, that they kind of decided to go their separate ways. But, you know, when you look at what he's done with Rock Nation now, um, he gets to do things that he, uh, he was unable to do at Def Jam, you know, um, create a headphone line, uh, you know, sort of do more on the, on the, uh, artist management side um, in addition to you know, being a record label that kind of thing so uh, you know I, I think that this kind of autonomy that he has um, working outside of the traditional record label structure that's kind of what he was after and that's perhaps why he was so restless at Def Jam um, really good information um, being dropped here right now 
Now, speaking of um, some of the failures, one thing that I think Jay-Z has on lock is that essentially he's still one of the few celebrities where there's a mystery about him. People still don't necessarily know what's going on with Jay-Z. And in this age where, you know, people will tweet they're going to the bathroom, that's kind of a minor miracle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that's deliberate. He's, um, he's a more private person than, than somebody like Puffy or... Um, you know, Birdman or somebody, you know, who really has, uh, you know, Jay-Z doesn't really do Twitter. Uh, I mean, I know he's got a handle, but, you know, um, I don't get the sense that he actually writes anything himself. You know, you really, you really feel when you, when you hear a tweet from Kanye West that nobody else, uh, could have written it but Kanye West. <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah, Jay-Z, Jay-Z's a private guy. He's always been, um, reserved, uh, uh, more than somebody, again, like Puffy, who's sort of more of a charismatic, uh, figure in the middle of the room, you know, uh, making grand pronouncements and such, and, you know, I, I some people who I talked to in, in researching the book, that's just, that's just kind of how he operates, um, you know, in meetings, I'll sit back, he'll observe, um, you know, uh, and then at the very end, he'll deliver his punch, he'll deliver his line, um, and, uh, you know, um, he's definitely a cautious guy, he's a thinker, um, you know, he definitely doesn't, uh, tend to rush into things, and, um, I think it all kind of fits together, um, you know, with, with the, with the privacy thing. No doubt. To a degree, it almost feels like his personality is a part of his brand, this kind of, this subdued dude who, you know, he'll show off the stuff that he wants to show off and everything, but otherwise, you just don't really know anything in his background and when you brought up the failures aspect it's kind of interesting because i remember when armandale was like the drink at the club and and that's not around no more yeah and you know i think that the reason um armandale disappeared can be very directly traced to um one of his kind of core business principles which is don't do anything unless you're, you're profiting from it the absolute most amount possible and so you know when uh, I think they launched it in was it 2002 2003 maybe mm-hmm. um, but shortly thereafter uh, he split ways with Damon Dash and uh, Kareem Biggs Burke and you know it was a it was a three way venture between between the three of them they're splitting the profits three ways so um, yeah. once they were out of the picture um, there was really no point for him to be uh, rapping about it or endorsing it anyway because you know why why would he want to enrich from his perspective why would he want to enrich his, his former business partners when he could start a new venture uh, that would enrich uh, himself exclusively um, and uh, it, in the book I get into his relationship with Armand de Brignac Champagne which contrary to uh, to public statements both from him and from the Champagne Company it, it, you know it's it's actually a quite a lucrative um, uh, a relationship and it's not just uh, you know I found this nice bottle of champagne in a, in a wine shop and uh, you know I'm going to rap about it from the goodness of my heart it's a uh, it's, it's a you know hard and fast um, financial uh, 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 relationship yeah I mean I remember all the set on videos like Ace of Spades it's like yeah it's not because you're against Crystal totally you know what I'm saying it's because there's something right. going on Right, and it's actually a funny story with that. Um, I mean, just today, uh, that chapter was excerpted online in the Atlantic. Um, and shortly after it, it went up, um, it disappeared. And I've, I've been all day in the process trying to figure out what happened. And basically, um, after talking to the Atlantic, it's my impression that um, they started to worry that there would be uh, legal um, implications from... Uh, 
from Mr. Z. So um, that that's been it's been a pretty interesting afternoon on that front. Wow. Okay. So we definitely know the hip hop generation will use some lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Right now. My goodness. Alrighty. See, we got the first scoop on that right now. So <laughs> Box Radio, y'all know how we do. Um, one um other quick note that I really wanted to bring up in this book is, and I'm sure some people are going to ask is, it's like, hey, you interviewed all these guys from different periods of Jay Z's life. You put out all these interviews and things like that. So from business partners and personal people, why isn't Jay Z himself? directly interviewed in the book because he refused um he was the first person who i went to as soon as i got the book deal well not him personally i went to john manilli uh who i you know he'd been kind of his point man for um the coverage i've been doing at forbes and so i sat down with him at the uh rockler headquarters in midtown and i gave him my pitch which was you know we're writing this book about jv um we want to talk about, um, I'm writing this book about Jay-Z, and I want to talk about, you know, his rise as a businessman and such, and, uh, you know, I'd love to sit down with him and kind of pick his brain, and, you know, I thought it was a slam dunk Forbes writer doing a business profile of a guy who, you know, likes to brag about what a great businessman he is, and, and, and you know, he really is a great businessman, um, but uh, Manila's response was, um, what's in it for us, and I thought it was kind of obvious but then you know in hindsight it's like it kind of fits in with everything that he does and if, if he's not profiting from it as much as possible or in, you know in this case he, he wouldn't have been profiting at all financially it's you know I, I wanted to write a new book and I and uh, I didn't have any money to give Jay-Z and neither did my publisher and um, you know we uh, we weren't able to get them on board so uh, he didn't cooperate um, but I think it, you know it's uh it, that attitude has served him well uh, over the course of time. I mean, that's why he started Rockaware to begin with. Um, in you know, uh, late '90s, he started rapping about Iceberg. Um, their sales shot up. He went in with Damon Dash to try to get an endorsement deal with them, and they declined. So they went and started their own clothing company. Um, that's you know, that's just that's his mo, and uh, and I think that's ultimately why he declined to be interviewed for the book. And now we know that Decoded dropped a while ago. So. Hey, you could have been that yeah. spark with the code, so there you go. It, it was funny. I mean, I, I went to um, to Manila in I think it was October of 2009, um, and I hadn't heard anything about Decoded at all uh, when I went and talked to him. Um, the last I'd heard was that the Black Book had been scuttled in 2003, 2004. Um, and sure enough, you know, a few months later, after that meeting, after uh, they decided not to cooperate. I started to hear rumblings about Decoded, and, and then, you know, a year later, boom, there it goes, a couple months before mine, and, uh, you know, I, I can't prove it, but um, I, I feel like a lot of the stuff in there may have been repurposed from um, the Black Book. Uh, I thought Decoded was, was, you know, really, really engaging, beautifully written, beautifully laid out, um, but uh, it's, it's a different story from mine, you know. Um, it, my story is it's kind of... Uh, kind of how he got the you know the business side um, and decoded is more uh, I guess uh, autobiographical. <laughs> I suppose it's what happens when you, when you have the guy um, who's living it writing it. But uh, you know it, it's a great story that that uh, that Jay Z has and um, I'm honored to tell it even if he didn't want me to. Alrighty, and you know definitely you know a great way that you laid it out. Um, information is really on point. There's notes in there, so it's not like you know. Zach's just pulling, you know, some some quotes out of his head and putting it on on there. So it's not like a tabloidy book. 
or nothing you know corny like that and um yeah, it's just a it's a very very good read and it's really enlightening especially for those who want to see that behind the scenes information in terms of what happens with the business and so in other words you know you definitely see that jay-z is not just bragging for fun on a track talking about you know yeah you know one million two million three million now i got 80 million there's a reason why he got 80 million around about it and you know that's um up in this book and um i definitely think one of the best lessons from this book again whether people really like jay-z musically or other stuff that he does or not is that he in his business moves seem to just be very independent-minded and very do-it-yourself like um when you brought up the iceberg example clothing company doesn't want to support me well then i'm gonna make my own clothing company um back when they first had reasonable doubt some people might not know reasonable doubt had to go through two rounds to get released to the point where we know it right now you know they did a negotiation where he was able to get his master's reasonable doubt and not have to you know do a kickback to the small independent label that was trying to do it and so forth and so on i think that with um jay-z story the independent hip-hop mindset still lives he's just doing it more on a grand scale and um really appreciate you know you writing this book to break it down in that way no thanks so much it was a pleasure to write it and um you know i I, uh yeah it's 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 great to uh to get all that information out there and you know i i think um as i started to say uh before i think you know um a lot of people maybe think that guys like Jay-Z when they when they come up and they make it this this far um, that they didn't go through any failures to get there but you know I, I think that some of the greatest entrepreneurs in the world fail more than they succeed at least at first and I think for all the you know entrepreneurs out there it's, it's a great thing to know it's a great thing you know maybe maybe you're having a hard time um, with your idea or whatever it is but you know failure failure is a part of success and I think that that that's the part of Jay-Z's story that, that he leaves out um, but ultimately I think it's it's very human and uh, you know, I, I, hope, I hope it's helpful to some people indeed indeed and also too Jay-Z probably has some of the best PR in the world because everybody's not in his business and um, you know we know way more about his successes than his failures so yeah. you know get good PR to um, entrepreneurs so people can know what's going on and what's up um, for yourself um, definitely we want everybody to go ahead and check out and purchase Empire State of Mind how Jay-Z went from the street corner to the corner office it's in the bookstores now Amazon all those other good places click on it buy it you know I'm not going to recommend the book that's you know subpar or anything over here on the Fusebox Radio um, how can people go to your website because you have a lot of um, great links to your articles and other stuff too that I think people who are business minded in the hip hop generation definitely should check out Sure, uh, you can just go to jzbook.com and there are all sorts of links up there um, to everything everything about the book. Um, and you can also uh, buy it in your friendly neighborhood bookstore. And how easy is that to remember? jzbook.com. I'm kind of mad at somebody's like, I don't know how to get to the book. jzbook.com, it's a book about Jay-Z. <laughs> very, very I, I, I thought it was easier to remember than, you know, Empire State of Mind, how Jay-Z went to the street corner from Corner Office by ZacharMalikGreenberg.com, so. Yeah, because I'll tell you the truth. I wouldn't have typed that in. It'll be like, okay, <laughs> uh, we're going to Google this and see if anything pops up. And um, can you give the people um, your um, your personal website that has your Forbes um, article links and stuff as well? Yep, it's ZOGreenberg, uh, that's Z-O-G-R-E-E-N-B-U-R-G.com. Um, you can also find uh, 
me on Twitter. It, my handle is Zogblog, Z-O-G-B-L-O-G, and um, and that's also got links to, to both of the websites up there. All right, so definitely check um, everything out. Definitely, again, Empire State of Mind, how Jay-Z moved from the street corner to the corner office. We just interviewed the author, Zach O'Malley Greenberg. Definitely an awesome book that's, you know, worthy of buying. It's not going to make you go sleep when you're reading it. It's not going to knock somebody out if you throw it upside their head. It's just a very, very, you know, succinct bit of information on the business and with Jay-Z as well. Some nice personal stories and music stories as well. Um, very good part of um, the music business literature, I personally feel. And um, we look forward to more writing from you um, via Forbes and um, hopefully more books and um, other good stuff in the future. Well, thanks so much for having me on. really appreciate it. No problem at all. And um, again, thank you for being on board. And you guys know where you're at. You're on the syndicated Fusebox radio broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah, 21st Century Black Radio for the Masses. Again, you just heard the interview with author Zach O'Malley Greenberg for Empire State of Mind, how Jay-Z moved from the street corner to the corner office. Cop that. Check it out. And shouts out to the publisher of the book, Portfolio Penguin, for, you know, having that faith to put out some different information on the hip-hop and then the norm. So... We're going to keep it moving here and get back into the music mix. Fusebox Radio, DJ Fusion, and John Judah. Peace. Your success took a shot. What are you going to do now? How are you going to kill it? You're going to become unsuccessful? Frank, you can be successful in Havana. Be unsuccessful, too. You know, we can have friends. I got these hoops again, Breezy. Don't worry about it. Let that shit breathe. I used to give a fuck, now I give a fuck less. Why do I think the success is sucks? Too much stress. I guess I blew up quick, cause friends I grew up with see me as a creamy, but I'm not in my nuts big. I don't know what the fuss is, my career is illustrious. My rep is impeccable, I'm not to be a fuck with. Ish. Let that shit breathe. I'm way too important to be talking about extorting. Asking me for a portion's like asking for a coffin. Broad daylight, I off your on switch. You're not too bright. Good night, long kiss, bye bye. My reply, blah blah. Blast burner and pass burner the tata. Finish my breakfast, why? I got an appetite for destruction and you're a small fry. Now where was I? Let that zibri. I used to give a ish, now I don't give a ish more. Truth be told, I had more fun when I was pissed poor, I'm pissed off. And this was success all about. A bunch of chicken acting like this is your big mouse. All this stress, all I got is this big house. Couple cars, I don't bring half of them fish out. All the say spade, I drink just to piss out. I mean, I like the taste, could've saved myself six hours. How many times can I go to Mr. Chow's towels? No boo, hold up, let me move my bowels. I got watches I ain't seen in months. Apartment at the Trump only slept in once. Skin said over was over. Such dummies. Even if I fell, I land on a bunch of money. Y'all ain't got nothing for me. Nas, let that shit breathe. 
Success, McLaren, women staring My villain appearance, sacred blood of a king in my vein ain't spilling Ghetto Othello, sugar hero mellow, Camaro driven I climax from paper, then ask why is life worth living Is it the hunt for the dish that you want? To receive great, but I love giving The best jewelers wanna make my things I make Jake this shit on the rain just to make me a chain See if mentioned the one love, came home the paper in hand They gotta brag about the feds, young man Old cribs I sold, y'all drive by like monuments Google Earth now, I got flats in other continents. Worst enemies wanna be my best friends. Best friends wanna be enemies, like that's what's in. But I don't give a fuck, walk inside the lion's den. Take everybody's chips, bout to cast them in. Up your catalog, dog, mine's worth too much. Like Mike Jack's ATV part, but Tola can't touch. Let this shit breathe. Let this shit breathe. Everybody, it's your boy right here, Lamar Black, and this is Direct Effects, The Jump Off, your hottest daily five-minute dose of entertainment and college news, brought to you by the Black University Radio Network. On today's show, we get it in with the very funny actor slash comedian, Affion Crockett. He has a hot new show starting on Fox, March 31st, produced by Jamie Foxx in the fabric of In Living Color. Now, he'll break down the concept of the show, and the greatest basketball story never told until now hits ESPN this March. That's the story of the Fab Five. Back in the early 90s, a group of teenage boys swept the sports nation off its feet and changed the culture of basketball style and dress and swag forever. And the Bobby Brown and New Edition reunion tour is set. I'll tell you when and where tickets will go on sale. Don't you move. All right, here next on Direct Effects. Let's go to Vegas featuring Snoop Dogg. It's the hot new single, Blazing Clubs and Mixtapes across the country. Bright lights, big cars, big smoke from cigars. Get yours. True Vision Media Group CEO and artist Dollface, repping Baltimore, Maryland, is ready to turn the heat up on the music industry this spring with her hot lead single, simply titled Let's Go to Vegas, featuring Snoop Dogg. If you want to take bets for the thrill, I get it. But I know better than to foolishly bet all my love in my heart on my head. I feel the way you play your cards with your drink in the head. And then you smile with the way to the beat of Dollface's hot new single, Let's Go to Vegas, has garnered national airplay and is available now on iTunes. Download Dollface's hot new single, Let's Go to Vegas, featuring Snoop Dogg, on her official site, dollfacemusic.com, and follow her at twitter.com front slash dollfacemusic. We caught up with the very funny Affion Crockett, actor, but not just an actor, he's a sketch comedian as well, and he has a new show coming on Fox, and his show is also produced by Mr. Jamie Foxx. Now here's Affion breaking down the concept of the show. The show that we have coming on Fox is like in living color, sketch comedy, okay. characters, me and Jamie Foxx are co-producing together, okay. and uh, I would say it's the only way it's modeled after in Living Color. For one, Jamie came from that that uh, school of the Living Color, and I am I studied in Living Color. I was, I was a big fan, so it's in that same vein. It's raw, edgy comedy from an urban perspective, but we're hitting the masses as well. Um, I mean, right now this is this is uh, the top of the charts right now. Like to have my own show on Fox March 31st uh, after American Idol. We're gonna keep cultivating that. And, and move on to film and uh, more films and more television. That's comedian and actor Effion Crockett. 
Hey, the show sounds bananas, so look out for him this March 31st after American Idol's finale. Much continued success, bruh. Since R&B veteran Bobby Brown's January 2011 release of his fifth studio album, Masterpiece, he's been working on a fierce comeback as a solo artist. Also, he has a childhood group, platinum-selling New Edition, have also planned on recording together in 2011 and take to the road once again for an up-and-coming tour. Bobby shared the news on ABC's daily morning talk show, The View. New Edition initially formed in Boston in 1978, consists of original members Bobby Brown, Mike Bivens, Ralph Tresvant, Ronnie DeVoe, and Ricky Bell. They later added Johnny Gill down the line to replace Bobby Brown. New Edition had gold singles with Candy Girl and Mr. Telephone Man, but finally hit it big with their 1984 self-titled sophomore album, New Edition, which went double platinum. Brown left the group in 1986 to record solo after he was voted out by the group due to his behavior. But now they're all back together with something old and something new. New edition and Bobby Brown coming to a theater near you. For more entertainment news, you can always visit EURweb.com. Back in 1991, five 18-year-old freshmen swept the sports nation off his feet. That's right, the teenage group, Jawan Howard, Chris Weber, Jalen Rose, Jimmy King and Ray Jackson, also known as the Fab Five because they were all blue chip high school All-Americans with talks of Weber and Rose skipping college to hop directly to the NBA draft, were said to be the best college basketball team ever assembled. The Fab Five docufilm was produced by Jalen Rose, current ESPN commentator and member of that 1991 team. The story of the Fab Five begins airing on ESPN this March. It was a historical time for the group and the future of basketball swag. The Fab Five unleashed the long shorts, past the knee, black socks, black shoes, and tattoos which most of the country had never seen in college basketball at that time. A bit of controversy hit the college superstars when they became a part of a federal probe for money laundering. That investigation led to NCAA penalties and sanctions for the Michigan program. Although the Fab Five never won an NCAA title, they lost the title game in both 1991 and in 1992. But many sports writers regard the Fab Five as the best college team ever assembled. Check out the greatest basketball story never told until now, the Fab Five. For more entertainment news, you can always visit EURweb.com. When urban entertainment news breaks, it's already waiting for you online at EURweb.com. That's www.EURweb.com. EURweb.com. Hey, are you tired of those same old energy drinks with bad taste? Make a switch to Pitbull Energy Drink with a guaranteed no aftertaste. Pitbull offers more energy with ginseng and vitamins B6 and B12. With a ginger ale, lemon-lime flavor, Pitbull meets the consumer's demand for better-tasting and healthier energy products with a guaranteed no aftertaste. Make a switch to Pitbull Energy Drink. Pitbull offers more energy with ginseng and vitamins B6 and B12. With a ginger ale, lemon-lime flavor, Pitbull meets the consumer's demand for better-tasting and healthier energy products. For more information on Pitbull energy drinks, bars, and mixes, visit their website at hiphopbev.com. That's hiphopbev.com. 
Online orders available at hiphopbev.com. That's going to do it for this edition of Direct Effects, y'all. It's a wrap. I just want to say thank you for all the campuses that are airing the show. And we'll be out on that Black College Pitbull Energy Drink Spring Tour, giving away Pitbulls, T-shirts, music, all over the country. All you got to do is visit hiphopbev.com or burn1.biz to get that route. Until next time, it's your boy right here, Lamar Blackman. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now witnessing Newsbox Radio. Radio.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah.
Listening to the fuse box with John Judah. Thank you. 
You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. When the sun goes down and burns the tar up on the roof And your shoes get so hot you wish your tired feet were fireproof I'm there down by the sea On a blanket with my babies where I'll be under the boardwalk Out of the sun Under the boardwalk We'll be having some fun Under the boardwalk People walking above Under the boardwalk We'll be making love Under the boardwalk Boardwalk From the park you hear The happy sound of a carousel you can almost taste the hot dogs and french fries they smell I'm down by the sea yeah. On a blanket with my baby where I'll be Under the boardwalk Out of the sun Under the boardwalk be having some fun under the boardwalk. People walking above. We'll be making love under the boardwalk. Boardwalk. Here on the fuse box radio. Mm, the closer you get, the better you look, baby. The better you look, the more I want you. When you turn on your smile, I feel my heart go wild. I'm like a child. Touch me, baby The deeper your touch, the more you thrill me It's more than I can stand Girl, when you hold my hand I feel so grand 
the stronger you hold me, baby. The stronger you hold, the more I need you. That are yours Like being marooned On an island far From civilized shores You and me In a room without windows I mean a room without doors mm-hmm. No bells will be ringing No telephone calls In our little well-secluded cell of ceiling and walls While dozens of males sit and chew their nails And hate me because I am yours In a room without windows Wow! A room without doors If they say, friend, how would you like to spend The long hereafter A room without keyholes And a room with no view We'd like to reside there Hide there for an era or two Completely wrapped up in each other While the whole world ignores you and me In a room without windows No damn doors Keyholes and a room with no view. We would like to reside there, hide there for an era or two. Completely wrapped up in each other while the whole world ignores you and me in a room without a window and a room with no
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. Listening to the fuse box with John Judah.
You are now listening to Fusebox Radio.
right here on the Fuse Box Radio. Let's <laughs> go. 
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. That's all the time we have tonight. Join us next time. Good night.